Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Lowell's. It's the Take Cast. It's a crossover episode, I believe. Davis Maddox, first time on Lowell's. If I'm correct, we're going to talk about Elon purchasing Twitter. We're going to talk about all the craziness going on in the poker world. Frog poison, Bryn Kenny scandals, all the good stuff today on Lowell's. I, does he think... I it's think done, he thinks you know? this. He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. <laughs> Type in one for yes, two for no. And let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bust. <laughs> Please don't do bust. Oh, there's Brian. Brian was dropping off right as we we went live. Welcome to Lowell's. Brian, are you good? I think so. We got some technical difficulties over here, so you guys might have to carry me. There you go. Yeah. Are, are you at the lake house? Is that what the- No, uh, I'm at my place. Okay. Nothing You wear poker players, loose women, and bad audio connections. Uh, how are you how are you gonna how are you gonna sim you know tonight's major league baseball slate if you can't if you can't get your internet connection figured out that's all local all i need is download upload takes two seconds okay good to know good to know uh how how are you enjoying the baseball streets how how does a data nerd such as yourself respond to the conditions of the, the baseball being different and starting pitcher durations being uh effectively random that was pretty interesting. The beginning of the year, I, I meant to tweet out and forgot. It was like, so baseball pitchers only pitch like 50 pitches now in a game. When did that happen? Some of them, uh, some of them still are. I think baseball is like the best DFS sport or one of them. I, I agree. I uh, other than soccer, I think. Soccer, soccer's fun. It's just hard to it's hard to model, find all those, link all those names up. You gotta have your. You gotta have your. You got to have your toes in the, you got to have your toes in the cleats. You got to, you, you, you dead ass are drawing dead in soccer. If you don't watch the games, I think, which I maybe think is fun. I didn't how, put a ton how, of into it. How are you defining? Cause we've talked about best sweats for DFS. What goes into you ranking MLB as the best DFS sport? Me or him? Yeah. You. Um, it's, uh, I think it's, you can, you can get a big edge in it still yeah that's number one uh you play all the time like there's a slate going right now slate tonight it's like three slates a day yeah like if you really want to play if you really want to grind you can play a whole bunch of slates um i mean those are the those are the main reasons it's easy it's e- like easy as in compared to nba because there's very rarely a late scratch you don't need to guess yeah i bet i bet i bet you spend what two hours a day uh cu- cumulatively if you were if you were maxing this stuff probably two two three yeah yeah i look at i look at i i mean i probably spent about 20 minutes i look at ownership projections i type in the club mgmi chat and i say all right who like uh you know whatever whatever uh some of those guys are playing is going to be the most chalky team so then you just don't play that team 
I mean, my, my process is pretty much as simple as figuring out the two most owned teams, not playing any hitters from those teams, and then trying to figure out if there's any reason to play a starting pitcher against them. Like, like, can I possibly play a starting pitcher against the chalky offenses? That's like, that's like column one and column two of my process. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. You came to what my Sims have been telling me the entire beginning of the year, basically that strategy. It's super contrarian, a lot of fading the stud pitchers until recently here. It's like random. Now, random. now that now that the pitchers are going deeper into the games, you want them more often than not, especially because I'm I'm playing like the eighty-eight dollar and the sixty-six dollar single entry most slates are, is kind of what I'm building for, which is like very similar to like NFL DFS building for the spy or whatever. So like optimizing for you know, 80th percentile outcomes instead of 99th percentile outcomes. But I, I, th- I agree. I think it's the sport that has the, where people know not to play the chalk, in, but they still do it anyways. They can't help themselves. And there's yeah. really no reason to play the chalk in baseball because the randoms are so like, it's not, it's not like fading Samaj P Ryan is the only Cincinnati Bengals running back for 4,600. Like there is no equivalent of that in baseball. Right. I, the um, It's closer to like, we've talked about this on what, two pods ago with golf injuries. Like if your golfer's like, like, you know, he's like kind of beat up. Like there's no reason you have to play him. He's There's no backup running back, backup point, point guard where you're just like, you can't fade him. You know, it's golf. Yeah. Um, I would say though, just in case people are getting a little a little jumpy like if you're fading chalk all the time that's that's wrong i mean I, yeah. sometimes i i am over chalk and, and sometimes i'm under usually, well, last usually under the baseball. we got a we got a great uh, example of that literally 24 hours ago where uh one starting pitcher was projected like eight points higher than every other starting pitcher and there there was really not a reason not to play him even if you were entering what's the I don't what I don't know what DK normally calls the big twenty dollar, but whatever. Even if you were doing whatever. the hundred fifty teams, you'd want to be you'd want to be over on him. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's all like I mean, it's like it's uh, it's what you always say, right? It's like you got to be dynamic on these right. slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just picturing someone tuning in and just going, oh, so he they say fade everything, and then they put in you know nine point oh one percent on guys, lose all their money, and then tweet at us. And they're like, yeah, you guys don't know shit. That, which that's the you know, NFT influencers can pump and dump. This is what DFS influencers could do. They say, play no good place in my contest. <laughs> play only, play play only the bad place. Yeah, if you if you are entering in the same Major League Baseball single entry contest as me, just like the the, the like the $5,000 pitchers who project for like two strikeouts, those are the good plays. Um, FF Doom asking in the chat. Yeah, we, we've talked about this the past couple of uh, Unless something changed, Brian is not in the USFL streets. I even find no. my interest uh, dwindling a little bit. And I'm pretty sure, Davis, it hasn't caught your attention either. No, it sounds it's, like I got lucky again last week, right? With the projections were god awful again. Well, I think the projections are just always going to be bad. I think it's I think it's uh, a sport that does not, um, unless you were like messaging with assistant coaches on these teams. I think the really, it seems like the USFL is like maybe even a more extreme example of major league baseball, where it's pretty much as simple as uh, paying for the establish the run subscription, looking at their top plays and, and just playing none of them and just hoping to get and hoping to run into the right stack. It's tough. I, I heard that similar strategy and I'm, I'm like, it doesn't like, 
like if you put like if you go to an optimizer and put in a ownership cap of something crazy low or something like that, like that's not guaranteeing you're going to get to these other guys because right. If, if their number one projected guy was way off, what does that make you think their number two or three guy has any relevance here? You're just completely gambling, which is fine. I mean, if you want to sweat. It's almost like kind of the MMA thing, right? Where it's so binary, where it's like if you went, it's like if one of these wide receivers crushes, like, or if your projection is off on one guy, it could almost just be flipped. Like you could just be off by like 25% target share in one direction or the other where it's like, I don't even know how you account for that fully. It, that's but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's like too random because what if that target share is actually the fourth wide receiver? They just have no idea. In MMA, like it's the other guy who's getting points because he's true. It's out. more. Yeah. It's like guaranteed. Brian, have you made any, are you in the NFL draft uh, prop bet streets at all? No, no, I see everyone's tweeting about it. And, and it's supposed to be pretty what are the what are the max limits on those? It depends on your book. It's gonna be pretty low. There was two stories this last week. David Purdom did one and ESPN ran one. I, I forget I Ben Ben something, I think maybe is their lead gambling guy, but they both had stories that came out with like risk management guys from uh FanDuel was one of them, and I think Caesars was the other, where basically the guys were like we know we're going to get beat up on this. Like we can't, these, these markets are impossible for us to win. So we keep the limits kind of low. And the, the subtext of that, that was the, you know, they didn't say the quiet part out loud was this is a customer acquisition tool. Like now someone like Anthony Miko, who is, is price shot. Like it, it doesn't work that way on him, but I mean, honestly, someone like me who kind of knows what's going on, but is not line shopping that hard and mostly just betting uh, worse numbers of the better bets. Like maybe the bet is still good, but the number is worse than what most people are getting. It's like, theoretically, it's a kind of a customer acquisition tool where like maybe I ship, you know, maybe I win uh, seven of my 14 wagers, but some of them are plus money. And then I'm donking that back off on, you know, no run first inning bets the next day and, and the, the ship keeps moving. It would be nice if they had, you know, similar to, you know, DraftKings had the big March Madness contest that I couldn't even participate in. But it would be sick if there was some really big prize pools for draft contests and you were rewarded. Obviously, there'd be points nailing the specific pick, nailing the players. If you get both the player and the specific pick right, like there's a multiplier. And then there could actually be some game theory to that. There'd be chalk condensing. There could actually be like some fun strategy around that where i partly because i can't bet in massachusetts i just the the sports betting prop betting for the draft just doesn't fully capture my attention yeah it's it's fine but if you're don't have access to legal books where you can line shop like if you live in new jersey or whatever and you can shop DraftKings and caesars and bet mgm and points bet and like you like oh this price is off by 50 cents and like i can i there's an arb spot here and this book changed this book, but like if you only have access to offshores or, uh, or, or, or if you're sending money to a friend to legally bet for you, which I have done, um, it, it, it's still fun and it makes watching the draft a lot better, but it is, it's less of a profitable endeavor. I mean, basically what like, you know, Cody Maine and these guys are, I mean, they're, they, I don't really think they can lose. They would have to get something so wrong 
that note like a quarterback going one or, or the Jaguars trading their pick or something to to loot to not make money on these bets basically but then the calculation i think this is kind of what brian was hinting at is how much are you able to get down and what kind of time investment is this requiring to process all this news do all the line a lot shopping. of time a lot and of if, time. if you're capping out at even 50 or 100 dollars a bet <laughs> i mean your roi has to be pretty my, good i think to start my, justifying that time commitment but also some people enjoy it's fun. it right it's some fun. people just really like it and and you know, there's always the expected value of like Twitter clout. Like that's a big thing. Like, and you can kind of laugh at that, but like, you know, Ryan Noonan uh, for, for four for four and, and uh, Betsperts, like uh, Amico does it. Uh, I mean, just, you know, there is, there is value in just being known as the guy who like crushes the props. Like that is plus expected value for them. Well, Do you guys I, feel it? I, I feel like we're in this arrow. It, 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 you jog my memory by saying like the Twitter clout with prop betting where, and I could be totally off, but it feels like prop betting content is everyone having been told prop betting and sports betting is the next big thing. You need to do props and sports betting content where like there's 100%. something about it that feels vaguely disingenuous where it's like everyone is just going through the motions to put out this content because they've been told there's a demand for it. And yet we still haven't quite figured out the best way to do sports betting content. Yes. I mean, I, I tweet out that's. I tweet out bets that I'm making all the time, but I used to, I was making these same bets 10 years ago when I was a dickhead in college who didn't know any better. And I wasn't tweeting about it because no one cared, but now people care. Like if I'm betting a random women's tennis match, I'll probably tweet it out, but you're right though. But I only do it because I, I work for a company that does sports betting content. And I've been told that a hundred times, like, you got to do sports betting content. It's the future. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I, I do think there is the element of, I mean, this is the hard thing for me. Like, so Davis, you tweeted yours out. I'm, I want to just have some sweats for tomorrow night. I haven't placed a single bet yet. Like, I'm probably not going to go sift through your screenshot and like try to find those bets on some offshore or whatever. If there was a very, like, this is why I like the underdog pick em slips because I could just click the link and make yeah. a bet. Like, if you were able to do a pick em slip for your bets and I could just click it and be like, I'll just tell Davis he's done a little bit of work on this or likes these, like, I would do that just to have a fun sweat. But even it's not even line shopping. It's like I don't want to go individually right. look for those bets that you should. I don't want to. I don't want to get onto my book Command F for George Pickens. Make sure it's the right wager. Make sure I click the right button. Right. I actually, I've done, I've done this before in NFL draft betting. I really shouldn't even admit this, but I bet. I just was like not thinking, and I bet under on a pick. Think like, and I meant to bet over. Like thinking, just like thinking the wrong thing, you know? Because it is like a little confusing. Like you, you could. Like, you know what I mean? But like, it's the, the NFL draft. It's like, so in the weeds, Pete, it's like, it's, you don't need to do it. Like you don't, you don't need to be doing this. I, I can give an example of where I would have done it. I went to the, the draft when I was here in Chicago and after the bears picked, I was like, my, I went with my brother. I'm like, do you want to go? <laughs> it's kind of boring. <laughs> like, I mean, how many times, how many picks do you sit there? I mean, some people love that shit, but like we got the tickets for free, you know, someone gave them to us. But if I had, you know, a G on every pick, I probably would have stuck around for the sweat. But yeah. the draft is in Kansas City next year. I'll be, I'll be is one it? of the, I'll be one of those nerds who is there, who's like, you know, really excited when some edge rusher at twenty four goes to, and I'm like, you know, I'll be that you got guy. That. 
you gotta yeah. know if you're going. Maybe maybe that'll be my rain check, Davis. I can't make your your bachelor party. Maybe I come out for Kansas City uh, draft next year. That would be fun. Think of the content. I bet we could get Patrick to come. Yeah, well, I, it was funny too because that jogged my memory. The one time I've been to the NFL draft was when it was in Philly, and I went with Crane, and I was shooting man's bits, and Crane was helping me film those. And it was like the draft itself is is boring, but just like the atmosphere, everybody's drinking, you know, everyone's booing. You're waiting for the Eagles pick, so everybody can be mad. Like it, it, it's a fun time. Who was the Eagles? Was it Rager? I think so. This was the Corey Davis year because that was when Pat yelled on the road of his stream. Remember when Corey Davis went fourth overall? Uh, so whatever, whatever player they took that year. Um, you know, with the uh, briefly on the, the like content side for sports yeah. betting, you, it's kind of like you're kind of like stuck in between two like two worlds. Like one is you're just doing it for for free, right? Like degening. Hey, this this doesn't have an edge. This is what I'm betting. Take it for its worth, for what it's worth. Or somehow you have an edge, and even if you get that edge to them before the line moves, like a lot of times those are like smaller markets and things the book really doesn't want you betting, like over and over and over again. So like you could get like your 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 whatever customer banned if he's just kind of if you're just constantly feeding him. Oh, like this second half, you know, plus eight line is should be minus. 500 it's you know i mean it's whatever it's it, like, uh, why are you betting these random things every fucking time you never bet a side or a total this this is happening this is happening to people in the content providing space where they have to coordinate the picks in like their discords or whatever they can't yeah. they can't just post it as an article anymore because it gets immediately slashed uh you know these these you know prop betting discords which like i can't I mean, it just, I can't even believe that this is a thing that exists in 2022, but it's like their customers are getting limited and the, and, and the accounts that are making the wager in the first place. So like, you know, tout X goes to go make the wager. And if they make that wager before they publish it in the discord, the numbers are already gone because yeah. you know, like Joel Embiid under 11 and a half rebounds or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and if that, if account X bets it, it's gone before they could even tell anyone to bet it. It's you have, you have to be able to bet size and totals because that's like right angle sports does the same thing that you're talking about where you get in there, you get in their discord or whatever, and then they do the same thing. Okay. Everyone go to this game. Okay. This, this side, this total over, you know, and then they all bet at the same time, but like, at least you won't get limited quickly betting size and totals where betting these more like uh, small, these smaller markets, I mean, if that's all you're betting. I mean, I'll never, I'll never be limited because I bet <laughs> like a recreational sports better. So this is not even something that I have to be concerned about. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I supposedly mobile sports betting is going to be legal in Missouri somewhat soon. They're meeting on it. They're talking about it right now. And maybe I would have to deal with, cause you know, if I'm going to put a thousand bucks out on five different sites or whatever, so I can line shop and get the best lines at all times, then I would have to be a little bit more conservative because I don't want to just be blowing whatever. But like right now I have like one account and yeah. that account does not get, well, that's actually not true. Even, even my account got limited. They only let me bet Shohei Otani to win AL MVP five times last year. And then they shut me down. They said that was, I, I bet it uh, for whatever that the house max was five times. Hmm. And then they were like, nope, no more. You can't. The it almost 
I almost feel like the like Discord Slack groups for sports betting are completely fundamentally flawed and part of the game you you could listen i i always have the the podcast for all of bob did with spanky in my head the extents that they went to hide their best um to have their beards all of you know staggering when they were like that is for better or worse part of the game for sports mm-hmm. betting it, like that doesn't exist in these channels right like you put out the call and everyone rushes and the the data i assume these books have is so good that they know this is this group of betters betting at the same time it makes it easy to flag like aren't those groups going to have to evolve find ways to stagger and mask their so bets? so this is where i think you get the difference though is the type of person who is betting props that are getting posted in a discord maybe they absolutely smash on those but that's the type of person who's like oh i'm going to the white Sox game 500 bucks white Sox money line like i think that they those accounts don't necessarily have to be like i think those are actually probably good value for the sports books to have like i don't think the sports books care that much if they're getting beat up by you know site x's tout on tennis player props because the people who are subscribing to those props are giving it back on sides and totals i think i think the Camby books care about everything from what i, I mean i've been limited by them on bet rivers and i don't know who else they do in america still but they're pretty they're penny pinchers they're like known penny pinchers so i i mean i see what you're saying but they also too davis is they'll they'll limit you on props and let you bet a million dollars on sides and totals on sides and totals so they could they could do they could have the best of both worlds i don't know i would love some sort of crypto solution here where like you're buying people's accounts and stuff like that, you know, but you don't have to do the whole Bitcoin. Hey, thing. hey, Bitcoin fixes this, bro. It does. You know it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this is an example. Pierre Rochard is is uh, you know somewhere his ears are burning because someone's making fun of the idea that Bitcoin fixes everything. Um, speaking of fixing everything, uh, Elon Musk Twitter purchase goes through. I personally didn't it, think it was going to happen. It, it hasn't. It has not gone through. That's a that's a, a clear part of the misreporting. It doesn't go through until October. There's a billion dollar penalty on both sides if it doesn't go through. But some people are thinking it still might not go through, and that it it and that uh, Elon Musk will not be the the sole proprietor of Twitter.com. Well, for the purposes of this conversation, let's let's work under the assumption that it at, that it goes through, and even the fact that it got to the point it's at now yeah. seems unbelievable. Uh, Davis, uh, I thought you were going to be making your resignation from Twitter <laughs> live on this show today. Is there anything you want to tell the world now that Elon is the CEO? Uh, I mean, the thing about Elon is he is um, like an idiot. Like he's just a stupid person who you. <laughs> like who you would not really want to spend any time with. Like Elon would be one of the worst people on earth to have a beer with. Um, But the fact that there is, you know, a faction of weird nerds on the internet who are dedicated to celebrating everything that he does uh, basically means that I think this will probably be viewed as a success because something that Elon does do is he delivers no product, but he does make the number go up. And in our society, nothing is more important than making number go up and I, I think he probably will find a way to make twitter number go up and you know i i guess good for him uh anyone who has spent any time on unmoderated internet forums though knows that it's a nightmare and knows that they don't want twitter to be that basically 
What, what does number go up have to do with a private company, though? Because he's pulling it off. It won't be on the stock market, right? I guess that's true. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I I don't really get. I don't really get what his deal is with this, other than Elon seems to me uh, to be the most desperate person on earth to have people like him, and I think he thinks that this will make people like him to be the sole proprietor of Twitter. It's a pretty charitable take, in the Davis. I mean, he, like e Elon's a loser, right? Like, can we just agree? <laughs> Well, he's the most like, successful man on the planet. Is he? I mean, I guess he's he's like either him or Bezos is the the richest man on earth. So I mean, good you know, good for him. I just I can't really imagine someone I would I would less rather spend time with. I mean, it it is from the Bezos playbook itself, right? Bezos bought the Washington Post. Like, there's a fascination mm -hmm. with these guys to be able to control control you know media outlets. Yeah, I mean. Where are you guys at, like, on the potential spectrum? I'm thinking of what's the things where it's, like, chaotic evil, chaotic neutral, you know, lawful neutral. Like, where on that spectrum do you think Elon will fall? Because a lot of the people are, like, he's already publicly adding Donald Trump. Like, does he want to create this kind of thing where he gets everybody back? Like, how chaotic, how evil do you think he could get with this? I mean... Not that evil, really. I mean, not the, the other thing about Elon is that he's likely does not have any more like horrible political opinions than the rich people who already are were were running Twitter and whatnot. And and uh, the the one thing that I think you could view as the most like dystopian uh, Big Brotherish is the idea that he wants to KYC everyone who runs a Twitter account and the richest man on earth, you know knowing where you live, knowing your date of birth, knowing your, knowing, maybe knowing your banking information, maybe knowing your Bitcoin wallet, right? A lot of people have linked up their financial institutions to Twitter. Uh, I, I, that seems not great maybe, but I, in the end, he probably doesn't change the platform much. Like I, he's going to, yeah. I love it when Davis and Tommy G have the same take. Yeah. It's always, it makes me feel good. You just forgot the biometric data too. That what was, what was, what was Tommy's take? That, Right there, that the the, the worst take. To the podcast. I, no, I listened to podcast. I saw one of his tweets, but I'm gonna oh, listen no. to that. <laughs> no, you're not. You value your Brian time listen. more than that. No, no Brian I, loves it. I try to, but like I want to just hear about the lizard people and stuff like that. And there's not a ton of that anymore, so I kind of like fast forward to the good stuff. Um, but yeah, that that's what he's buying this for to attract people. Um. I, I don't. I don't think that's why he's buying it. For the record, no. I. I know you. That was you were saying worst case scenario. I think it's not going to be a ton. Ton different. No. Um. I don't think like the real problems that Twitter has with like, you know, things involving children and stuff like that, and uh, real death threats and stuff like that. I don't think that's going to change very much. It honestly might go if he actually does implement some sort of free speech um policies it, it it could theoretically go up these are trade-offs for these type of things that not that they're they're good but um i think that's probably the worst case scenario i think the the main thing is it's so political is because it was mainly a uh like an establishment stronghold like they kind of captured it with um the people running there or the lawyers there or something 
it sounds like they had uh, like former FBI lawyers now on their team as lawyers, and they were taking uh, notes from the Biden administration on like who the bad accounts are, and that's like public. Like I think Jen Psaki said that. So I think they're they're pissed off that they won't have this vehicle anymore. I think that's what all the the hubbub is. And then a bunch of brainwashed people who are like think it's the end of the world are are closing off their Twitter accounts. I really doubt it's going to change that much. I mean, I imagine, you know, he doesn't he doesn't deliver things, but I know a lot of people who have multiple Teslas, right? Davis like, you know, he does deliver somewhat and I could see like he would yeah, do- yeah, multiple multiple Teslas that that he can't figure out how to not stop catching on fire. I mean, like <laughs> Brian, be honest. He yeah. sucks. Be like, dude, he sucks. <laughs> no, I like him. I like him. I love him. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. I do now. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It is. It is a great troll move. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I love it's a good hilarious. troll. No one appreciates a good troll move more than me. Uh, but like, and like, you know, people credit him with like inventing PayPal and stuff. It's like this guy has become so mythologize and and you could make the argument that he has just run hotter than anyone in the history of the planet with some of the ways the game he's played the game well too he has he has i'm not i'm not saying the guy doesn't uh i mean no one deserves the amount of money that he has right like it's just immoral that one human being could have that much wealth but he has done a good job accumulating wealth i mean and also if this was 2015 uh, you'd probably be all over the guy's ball sack like every other liberal was back then, and all of a sudden no, it's changed. No, don't, don't, don't put me in line with these with these mm. limousine liberals with the blue checks, buddy. No, no, he's, he's big on solar. Check, solar and and EV wasn't as popular back then. And also, you can get a Starlink uh, uh, setup. I looked at it; it's pricey, but you can get them. They are working. So, so. I think this is part of me being bit pilled and I kind of forget what the truth is, but like, you know, the Bitcoin people, they actually hate electric vehicles, right? They're like, this is actually a huge waste of resources and whatnot. And so it's kind of a a place where I don't know who to be brainwashed by. So like in theory, I like the idea of not being dependent on fossil fuels and and doing that stuff. But I, I actually no longer know if electric vehicles are good or bad. But my, my point being, anyways, is that I do think he's going to add some some cooler features. It seems like Twitter hasn't done shit at all. And like we talked about last last week. The fucking that- hexagons, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Davis, whenever you see that whatever $4.99 a month come out of your account, do you ever wonder and kind of question your decisions? No, because I use the undo tweet feature every day. Really? I, 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 cause I'm always doing something like I'm always on my phone. And so I misspell shit all the time or honestly, it's already paid for itself. I've like sent out like 16 tweets to Hermsmeyer and before it even goes, I can just undo it. I can just, I can just, I can just be like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging with Hermsmeyer today. Like he had some awful NFT tweet yesterday and I had some iffy response and I was like, you know what? No, not doing it today. The two ninety nine pays for itself. <laughs> I didn't know that comes with it. I take it back. That, that's amazing. 
Uh, so the, that's the that. greatest selling point for Twitter Blue is you get the cathartic release of firing off the tweet without the implications of it existing on the chain forever because you can just undo it. Yeah, like no one, no one ever sees it. Again, it it's like a, it's like a ten second window basically where you're looking at the tweet and you can decide if you want to send it or not. And I just, I just, I'm like, Josh, you're fucking stupid. Bitcoin is awesome. Send. No, I don't want to send it. I unsend. Well, that that is the question. I I do agree that he'll at the start probably be pretty jazzed up to try to put some of his ideas for features into play. The question is how quickly does he get bored with this and go back to like building flamethrowers and rockets to Mars? Well, you know, isn't, like, isn't, isn't that the thing is like he he'll, he gets excited about a new idea for like eight days and then moves on and, and does nothing with it. Like remember when, remember when he was tweeting about uh, the block, the block size of the Doge blockchain and how yeah. he's refine it. It's like, he just, it's, I, I don't know if he's stupid or if he doesn't care or if he just tweets too much, like maybe all three. He, he enjoys yeah. the attention of being a troll. He's not stupid. I think, I think he can get a lot of what he wants out of Twitter just by being owner and then putting in people he likes. Yeah. And then he don't have to do anything. He'll be like, wait, they're, they're, who'd they ban? He's like, fuck that. No, bring it back. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to really do. I'm not, I doubt like he's going to be in there coding an edit button you know does what I he mean? even like, does he even know how he'll just say put an edit button you know and then it'll well happen. here's the thing wanting an edit button is the the most smooth brain thing of all time because it can't, yeah, it, just, can't work. it can't it can't work right that like so if you're one of those people that's like give us a goddamn edit button think of how the functionality of that would work where it'd be like someone tweets puppies are the best ten thousand retweets forty thousand faves and then they edit it to say you know, fuck Joe Biden or whatever, right? So, so then I, that doesn't work. You can't have that. And then the other functionality of how it would work would it be it would just delete the tweet, right? Because you'd have to undo all the retweets and all the faves, and that would be the same thing as a deleted tweet. So the edit button can't work. It, it doesn't. You can have work. an edit on a delay, like you get five seconds to edit. That's Twitter blue. That already Twitter exists. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They already. All right. I, guess. Way, I don't care. The edit's just an example. I'm just saying. I, I don't care. Like I'm. I'm saying like he. He could. I'm. I could see him implementing some things. And even if he doesn't, I think just getting in people he likes will accomplish ninety percent of what he wanted, anyways. I also think for him too, it's just like he clearly has opinions on free speech and some of these mm -hmm. bigger macro issues, and now he's not going to just be the Tesla guy has these thoughts on it. It's the CEO of Twitter has free speech thoughts like that gives, whether we agree or not, it gives his opinions a perceived sense of gravitas more than it did before. Like he like he's going to like having that seat at the table in bigger media conversations. And, and the, the charitable, uh, the charitable uh, opinion on this, the opposite of Davis's is that's what he's doing. He just really does believe in free speech you believe and that for even do you believe that with even one percent of your brain? Yeah, I do. I, I do. Oh, I do. Brian. <laughs> it's a buddy, it's a big club, and we ain't fucking in it. He does not give a shit. <laughs> I, I about know I'm not speech. in it. I know I'm not in it. I, I I think like and it depends on your definition and what what he's exactly gonna exactly gonna implement and things like that. Um but I think um I think it is important to him. Okay, I have a question but, for you. I have a question a, for Brian. Oh, go ahead. Free speech is obviously important, but why do the worst people on earth care about free speech? Why, like, why is why are all free speech advocates? Why do they suck so bad? Like, because what? Is, they, what? 
what is that deal with that? Because they use it against you. They use it. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. Well, I'm not saying you should care. I'm telling you that. I I like, I like free. Like, I, I think that, uh, you know, like the, the January 6th type people, like, I think those people should be allowed to, to, I mean, not, I think all of them should be in jail for, you know, actually trying an insurrection, but I think they should be allowed to tweet whatever they want, basically. Um, like I think, I think political demonstration, all that stuff is important, but I just not want to have a public ledger of them communicating and telling us their plans. Sure. Forget January 6th, just like real bad people. Like, why would you want to have, why would you not want to have all their plans out there public? Like, Oh, look at these idiots colluding. Yeah. Um, but like that, that I'm telling you, it's a, it's the same reason all these guys who are saying they're going to leave Twitter now that Elon bought it, you know, six months ago, they were saying it's a private business, bro. It doesn't matter if they yeah, kick yeah, off. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, and I've, I've fallen victim to that too. Yeah. You know, of like, it's a private company, bro. And it's like, really at the end of the day, I think it's just very important for everyone to admit everyone's a hypocrite. And all you care about is the people you like getting able to do whatever they want to do and the people you don't like being shut down. That's all I care about. Love Donald Trump getting getting thrown off of Twitter. Uh, you know, love that. But if, if uh, you know, Navalny got kicked off of Twitter, I'd be like, this is unjust, bro. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty germane to this conversation. Elon tweet from just a few minutes ago. For Twitter to deserve public trust, it must be politically neutral which effectively means upsetting the far right and the far left equally. I mean, now he's tweeting like a true politician right there. Oh, man. Worst, times, right? worst, worst timeline. Elon, Elon, I, I guess he can't be president because he was born in South, South Africa. Well, that actually brings up an interesting dynamic with the whole thing with Trump, right? Where I think he already did a tweet being like, you should come back and like, is he going to make a bigger push for that? I mean, if Trump really is pushing his network, what's it called? Truth or whatever. I mean, Brian's a big truth social guy. Is there, is there a a scenario here where like Musk and Trump clash in a big way? Because I mean, just from both like a political standpoint and being business competitors there, like there's some interesting showdowns in certain timelines. I went that morning when Elon made his first bid and I uh, sold a put on the, the true social spec and i didn't get it like you have to put it in before the market opens it dropped like 20 percent that one day so i don't know what it's down now but it's a lot so it's costing a shit ton truth social yeah. The yeah the spec it's sold under i can't remember what it is i mean he like I, it, it was never going to be successful regardless no, he, made, he made billions off of it trump did he really oh yeah Dude, this game, the game is so rigged. Like the no, game yeah. is so rigged. I, dude, I hate this. I hate everything about this so much. Like I hate, it's just. Well, take satisfaction in this. You know that the dopamine hits that Trump is getting over on truth are just pale into comparison to the dopamine hits he was getting on Twitter. That's true. The guy, the guy can't, the guy can't, yeah, the guy can't do it. It does. I mean, it's like, it's like, I'll like, I, I don't like, it doesn't really matter how dystopian and awful Twitter gets. Like, I don't, I will, don't think I would ever be able to not be on it. He'll um, be back. He says he's not coming back, but he, he's coming. Back. Oh, he, he needs it too much. That's why I'm yeah. saying like, 
he would pay so much to just come back and be able to have that attention. Where do you, uh, Brian, where do you stand on the idea that uh, some, some uh, you know, uh, policy wonks or whatever, they actually think that Trump getting back on Twitter is bad for the Republican yeah. Party in the, in the midterms and in the 2024 presidential oh, election because people maybe kind of actually yeah. forgot how insane he is? Yeah, well, I had this take a couple weeks ago. I don't think I'm going to cha- change it. I think for 2024... I think if I was a Democrat, I would want him to run. And I think because you have a better shot of beating him than DeSantis. Yeah, because DeSantis probably beats Biden. DeSantis, I think, doesn't just beat him handily. You know, obviously, that's a, there's a long time between now and then. There's a long time between the midterms, right? Like, no one thought Ukraine was going to happen. Things like oh, that. I have, a, I, have a, I have a conspiracy theory about the midterms that you might, that you might like. Uh, that, yeah. that the reason that, uh, the white office has been dragging their feet on, on the student loan debt forgiveness that they said was coming is that they want to do it like two weeks before weeks the midterms. Before. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 you know, surprise. well, and just, and just have, you know, some of the people who are in embattled races, right. You know, where it's close one way or the other. I, and I, I'm not. I'm not informed enough right now to know which races yeah. would be expected to be close or not, but have them, you know, come yeah. to the White House and give their speeches and, you know, do their tweets or whatever. I, that's that's sharp. I bet even if they don't, they'll just like they'll introduce it, even if it doesn't. You know, they don't have no chance of getting passed. They'll do some stuff like that. Well, I thought buddy, one, buddy, they sorry. don't have to pass it. <laughs> Biden could no, just sign not, it. Davis, you're paying your college. Sorry, pal. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely not. This has been my take. This has been my take since I signed for student loans the first time. I eventually, the Zoomers are taking over, and it's all going away. Bitcoin stalls this. <laughs> Bitcoin, Bitcoin the midterm. I've been uh, thinking for a while now that the odds and the polls back me up that Republicans in a landslide. Smash, the only yeah. little new, yeah, everyone, that's kind of like the common take, but I don't know if you saw in France last week or whatever, yes. Le Pen got Very crushed surprising. by Macron. Yeah. And not only that, it was like one of the first kind of what the establishment would call far right uh, candidates, right? They they um, they actually polled her higher than she actually showed up, which has been the opposite. With You guys know the Nate Silver the yeah. Nate Silver debacle the last yeah. two. Like, why is he always under? Why is he always under? So that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's France. So it's not like apples to apples here. Yeah, more of their but, constituents. Um, it's a data point, I think. It's That's uh, uh, Tony Dunst made that point to me yesterday. because oh, I was respo- Well, because I was responding to Timex saying the same thing. Uh, Timex was like, you know, and I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I was like, yeah, I mean, I just think the Republicans are going to smash in 2022. And uh, then someone else made the point to me that that they wanted to bet DeSantis Trump over Biden. And I was like, I think you're I think you're right. And then Dunn said the same thing that little plan getting getting beat gave him some hope. And and, you know, it's it's easy to forget because we did just see an incumbent lose, but incumbents. It's like it, I don't think the market is pricing in. Like incumbents just have are. It's it's very rare for incumbents to lose presidential elections. Yeah, it's it's uh, strange times though. Like you, you got to have like I mean you got to have a global well, pandemic. I mean, the, the most the most closely related would be 1978, 1980, Jimmy oh, Carter. Carter. 
Well, and here's he, the thing. Who come in who lost? But Carter knew he was going to lose. Carter, Carter, he he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do all this shit that's gonna make life suck, but it's gonna work out in the long run. Like he he knew he was gonna lose. Well, uh, I don't. Way, I don't. Biden, Biden's not doing shit. You know, he's just. He might know. He's lo- he might know he's gonna lose and just not want to say it. But yeah, I mean, the inflation is the same. You know, a lot of gas prices are going up. There's a lot of parallels between late seventies, early eighties, to now. What does your um, shaman think, Pete? What is who's gonna win? That's what I was. Yeah, I want to make sure we have a little time to to talk about. Are we are we limited on time here? Oh no, I didn't know if you uh Oh no, when Brian and I do these shows, we normally talk for like two hours. <laughs> well maybe too, I want I wanna I don't want to completely uh cannibalize your thing. If you guys want to do um like a back to back without me after this too, that's no no, we're we're chatting. I, I I think it's it's good to have your input because your brain is far less uh frog poisoned than than Brian and I's, I think. <laughs> we should we should set the table for people on on what went down with this it brian was this has this all happened since our last episode of lulz or had this broke before it's like thursday i think was the first tweet so yeah yeah. it's been like three days so bryn kenny who is a pretty well-known high stakes poker player all-time all-time live winner i believe highest total number yeah, and if you've watched any of like the Poker Go high rollers over the past like four or five years, I mean, he's a mainstay in that, um, a fixture in all those big games. And Doug Polk did an interview. What was the name of the guy he did the interview with? Uh, Zamani. Zamani. Um, and basically, basically airing a bunch of dirty laundry about Bryn Kenny, a bunch of allegations, how he was running his stables, basically like a, a Ponzi scheme on GG poker, ghosting, um, all kinds of levels to this. And I think this came as a big surprise because for a while it seemed like Bryn Kenny had a decent reputation. Obviously there were people in the know who kind of knew of some of this shady stuff, but it was a pretty big, you know, pivot for how people thought uh about Bryn Kenny and then of course we can get into some of the two, the two, two million the two million dollar bet on who has a better understanding of life was my my previous favorite uh Bryn Kenny moment on the internet well do you remember that one Brian that one? No. oh Not my coming. gosh so so Polk and Polk and Kenny are are getting into it on Twitter this was around the the Polk Negranu match or whatever and Polk is like okay Let's play, Bryn. Any stakes you want, hot, like high as you want, like let's go. And Bryn's like, I'm not gonna play you. I'm already so much better than you. Yada yada. He's like, instead of playing, why don't we have a one million dollar bet on who has a better understanding of life? Right? I bet, I bet a million dollars. I, I, I have a better life than you, or whatever. And Polk is like, obviously that's stupid and not something that's objective <laughs> and we can't wager on. And then Bryn comes back and says, all right, $2 million wager on who has a better understanding of life. And that was, that was where it ended. Uh, now I remember. Now I remember. That was my last experience with Bryn Kenny until this happened. This is far more insane. Although that was pretty insane. Yeah. so part of this Martin Zamani, uh, you know, Brian mentions, you know, listen to Tommy G podcast to get to the lizard people stuff. I mean, if you get for far enough in the podcast, you learn that Bryn Kenny was having guys in his stable, including Zamani go to see shamans. These shamans were asking them to do these like frog poison, bloodletting rituals, uh, to take, uh, mushrooms and do all kinds of stuff. And basically he painted aside from all of the like 
monetary kind of scams he was running paint him as someone who was like truly wanted to be a cult figure was kind of the the vibe i got out of it yeah people get in trouble for going to taco bell you have to adhere to a strict diet there was a psychic that they had to get that checked him out so a whole bunch of culty side you know outside of the poker uh cheating allegations that it just makes just makes it so juicy to, for people to 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 dive into the yeah. uh the the tweets where the woman was screenshotting texts with him and he was like yeah you know if you can come up with like 100k like i can pretty much guarantee you like a 10x on that money not sure if you're interested in 10x on your money or whatever but uh yeah if you have 100k let me know it's just like this this guy who is just yeah. like so yeah just so well, bizarre I, so let me go over the, the the details then i guess for the cheating yeah so there's ghosting yep. and for people who don't know what ghosting is it's it's a it's a there's a range of definitions for ghosting so like if davis is playing uh, uh a poker tournament and he's like brian what do you think about this and i go i would go all in technically that's ghosting although no one really gives a shit. but the main ghosting is when you actually have to sit down on davis's account or yeah. like try and come in on team viewer or, or something like that and then play their account that's the ghost thing they're accusing them of there there's a thing called rta real-time assistance which again is very similar where there's a broad range of of what people think rta is from just like post-flop charts that you have written out people consider that rta um i imagine like poker tracker they would consider like an old form of rta which I used and pretty much everyone did back when we were playing Are there, um, are there, so are there, I, I don't actually know, are there solvers that now work like in real time? Yeah, there is. There's two types of, and so then, and then the, the, and then the ultimate RTA is the solvers in real time. And so the, from, and, and you guys, I haven't played poker in years, but this is my understanding of it is um, there's one you could put in the cards and then it spits out the uh, what you should do. Right. And there's one that tracks your actual screen and is giving you this real-time information. And so, uh, I mean, I think both of them are out there. So that was another thing they were accusing him of. And then with the the woman who he wanted to give $100,000 to, I think her name was like Laura Robertson or something Laura like Roberts, that. Laura Roberts. Yeah. So yeah. Th this, is the really, this is the really fucked up thing is – he like befriended her to like come play on GG poker. And then when she sat down, he would have all his horses. We forgot to mention that too, didn't we? Uh, but he would have all the people that play for him uh, sit down and play against her, you know, because she apparently wasn't a professional and he has a whole team of professionals. So they would soft play each other, obviously. And soft playing has been going on since when I first started. Um, and uh, and play against her, and they took her for like uh, looks like about two million dollars. Um, and then this this team play al allegation as well, which is what I just described. He would have his guys uh, sit down on the same table and play against each other. I'm sorry, against these people who weren't on the team. Um, I'm not sure if he said this, but it kind of goes without saying that you could like share your cards, and then there's card removal effects, and all sorts of advantages you have by. By playing like this and just to explain horse really briefly is usually like there's a there's a someone who's got money who will stake 
uh, poker players to play uh, usually on their site and they get raked back off of them. And also it's usually like a 50, 50 deal. It depends. Sometimes it's 80, 20 where the player has some, has to like pay it back if they lose it. So it's more of a loan. Yeah. Well, well, Martin Zamani guy was, is one of his many horses. And, and to get into this Bryn Kenny horse, uh, stable, you, uh, you had to do all this weird, allegedly do all this weird frog poison ritual psychic meeting vegan diet etc etc stuff so i don't i think that's kind of a good brief recap if you guys if i missed anything feel free yeah and if you're looking someone was mentioning the i definitely recommend doug polk's podcast interviewing uh zamani and then then uh Bryn Kenny broke his silence, went on a poker news podcast with Sarah Herring. Wasn't a very informative yeah, he didn't say interview. Anything. Yeah. And then uh Polk uh this actually brought Joey Ingram back out of the woodwork. He had been gone for a while, not doing content, and then him and Polk kind of frisked the interview uh in a stream. So that will uh, definitely get you caught up. Um also I did just go to Bryn Kenny's Instagram. I mean, this doesn't look like a guy who'd be trying to run a cult, right? Like, I'm not getting this much at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's really funny. This is like, if I was doing a video and was trying to dress up and do a pose as a guy who wanted to be a cult leader, this is exactly what I would, would do. Uh, now, I I think uh, the the another interesting element here is um, Bryn, Bryn was – Brian, I, I think one of these guys that like didn't really like solvers that much, uh, and and was anti-solver and was like, you know, one of those guys who would be at the table trying to like read you and be like, I, you know, you know the the old Negron who like, oh, I I know you have Ace King, uh, but I call anyway, right? Like that yeah. that was and 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 he was, um, you know, after the generation of card play, like I I wouldn't really know him that well. There was this old. Uh, I listened to this poker show a lot during the pandemic and they, they just do, they do like hand histories and he was involved in a ton of them. Uh, like, so, I mean, what, what is your opinion of his skill as a poker player? Uh, I think he was one of the best, the best players back in the day. And he was on two plus two a lot, I think. Um, if I remember correctly, but yeah, I think he was always considered to be one of the top players. Uh, he played above my stakes, so I didn't play him a ton. But to Davis's point, he is on the record saying like he has way more of a feel game to stuff as opposed to talking about like all the, you know, German, Scandinavian GTO bots out there and the high rollers now like that definitely wasn't his style. Yeah, which I which I think uh, I mean, people say this about Helmuth, too, which is like if that's the game you're playing, like you're playing these small field mega high stakes uh, you know, high rollers, million dollars, where where the rake is really high, like, you know, grinding out small edges and knowing, like, when to open with Jack-10 off, you know, at the cutoff or what? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a different game, and there are different skill sets needed for live tournaments and things like that. Like, like, people, like people who know way more about cards than I do will still say, like, there's something to what Phil Hellmuth does that is way better than anything they can figure out as evidenced by all the years and years and years of results, even if he is not playing in, uh, you know, a GTO way at all. Well, there's I one think thing the results in those five K's and stuff like that. Aren't that great? From what I heard. Yeah. Like- and Harbs is saying this, and I was listening to Sean Deeb talk on a podcast about 
kind of his opinion of Bryn as a player. And I actually think it's kind of analogous to Phil Helmuth and what they really do is, you know, well, one, using RTAs, but two, being very game selection uh, picky. And, you know, Helmuth crushes game selection, just plays with rich businessmen. It sounded like Bryn Kenny was doing tons of game selection, even in some of these high roller contests. Like he would not sit unless there was, you know, a perceived fish or two at the table and that ultimately he probably wouldn't have been able to hang with all the GTO bots that, that fill it now. Back in the day, anyway, you didn't, you did not need it at all. Like any of that stuff. Like as long as you had half a brain, um, you could, and you had a rake back account, you could be those early, those early games. And it makes me think like maybe because there was so little cheating at the time, that's another reason why they were easier to beat. Obviously, no one had any clue what they were doing too. It was early the early days. But like no, I don't think anyone was cheating either. Like two thousand three, four, five, six. Well, yeah, it, the the game, the the survival conditions did not dictate it, right? right? Where like where just like anyone who was good could read their hands, knew what beat what, and uh I guess, you know, clicked the raise button a lot. Pretty much you could win. And you know, Black Friday happens and then the whole cascading thing and you got to move to Canada or you got to move to Mexico or you got to yep. play a lot of live. And so the the survival conditions of being a, and poker players are fucked anyways, like all, all the weird, all the all the weirdest people I know are are card players. And I, it's not it's not a healthy way to condition your brain. It's not a healthy way to live. It's uh, makes for some good scandals, though, way better than DFS scandals. I was just going to say, what would it what would it take? to have a scandal in DFS that would reach this level of like attention and mainstream attention. Swapping after stats have been recorded. That's the only thing would be like if Osimo was moving in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. after he'd already hit a home run into his lineups is the only thing. And I I think it would have to be um, employee related. Probably employee inside just some huge scam screwing with people somehow or just who knows or maybe one of the stats providers yeah the e hafner um from back when i mean that that one yeah. went mainstream um and wait i don't even i don't remember that one would he hassle uh, the stat provider no no sorry the uh who was the the draft guy ethan? Ethan ethan, ethan. sorry ethan. i was confusing oh, yeah. hafner with uh ethan Accuses wow. e-, e half of great <laughs> accusations bad. on this. Yeah, wow, libel, 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 libel here on Lowell's. Oh my! You God. know what this reminds me of? I think kind of is um, not specifically Bryn, but just the evolution of poker is like Lance Armstrong. Remember when he got first got busted? They had to go back, you know, in time and look at the blood, and like. They were trying to give that that trophy to someone, and it had to be like I don't remember, like the twenty third finished guy was the only one who wasn't doping. Who wasn't doping? Yeah, you remember that? And I can't yeah. like that's kind of how it is in poker. It feels like to me. I'm not in the game anymore, but like it, I, I imagine a lot of these guys have been doing it so long. Like you said, it's not like a healthy lifestyle, and they're just like he's doing it. I'm gonna fucking do it. You know, and, they and they're just like fuck it. This is what you do. This is how you the game's played now. If you want to play poker, this is what you do. And they just, they just don't give a fuck. And they brainwash themselves similar to like Lance Armstrong too. If you listen to some of his interviews, he's kind of wacky. Oh yeah, he's a certified weirdo. Yeah. I mean Barry Bonds too. Barry Bonds, weird guy. Like if you ever listen baseball, to uh, 80s 80s early 90s baseball, 
because they're not doing steroids or something now. Yeah, right. But like certainly those guys back then were juicing. I bet a lot of them were juicing who really didn't even want to. Oh yeah. This is this is the best answer. This was the best scandal we ever had in DFS. Oh yeah. Except except you know I don't think this one is widespread. I I I don't think that Dude, many people was, know about it. It was in the cross. It was like in the tabloids because of all the reality TV fans who That's, were also interested. That's why it was able to transcend just like DFS. You know and, now, and now they they've rebranded as NFT people. Of course, everyone. Well, well now they got the money. If you know what it says is how poor, poor of a job the DFS space has done, like cultivating personalities we, that we've complained about for a while now is, okay, Jade and Tanner were celebrities. So, of course, it's a big scandal. And if it wasn't them, no one would give a shit. And, and like, it's amazing that poker hasn't been legal in most states for over a decade. And then this stupid scandal comes out from a guy who was popular 10 years ago and they get a hundred thousand hits. You know what I mean? Like everyone wants to know about it. And there's, I mean, no one, no one, no one cares about poker though. The way, the way they did like my, like my dad, like we used to, my dad and I, we so the first year they transitioned to the November nine, you could watch the hand histories on uh world series of poker.com. Like as it was happening, no audio, nothing, but like you, they would, they would flip the cards and we watched that. That's how, yeah. that's how into to cards we were at the time. It was the year Joe Cata, uh, Joe Cata won. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. It was, it was pretty fun. Everyone played poker back in the day. Everyone played poker back then. The, the, I mean, the obvious difference is, is you can't watch people play DFS. You can't, you, there's no, there's no equivalent of seeing the cards get dealt out, you know, I'm not saying they could definitely do the same thing, but and you're right that poker's not nearly as popular, which I think strengths strengthens my argument that Joey Ingram's show would get whatever it's up to now, Pete, like probably forty thousand views or something. Yeah, I showed you know, Brian this that he made he he posted a screenshot of his concurrence from his stream yesterday with Polk. They had over four thousand people watching live. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think what would ha what would need to take place in the DFS space to have four thousand people right. watching a stream like and it's, that it's and it's I, not I don't think there's i don't i what jo jonathan bale's doing push-ups is, is the answer <laughs> I, I i think they had i think they had eight thousand concurrent viewers for for bale's push-ups and yeah. bale's is popular that's my point like yeah but but do you see did you do you see DraftKings like pumping him or trying to make another bales or anything like that well yes they try and and who uh look you know our friends over at DraftKings, everything you've ever done in content creating space has been bad other than hiring Pat Mayo. Smartest thing they ever did was hire Pat. That's been huge for them. Like for example, they own DFS golf because of that, right? Could, FanDuel could have caught up with them on that. Uh, but, but everything else they do with content, you know, the blonde gal that's in the commercials, uh, she's great, but the material they give her stinks uh you know the 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 content they do with the live final people you know the osimo the goat what i mean that stinks no one cares uh people hey, we, we we did two shows on the <laughs> chasing the goat i know and it's 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 i mean it's content we all enjoy but that's not mass media content that mm -hmm. is not content that a hundred thousand people care about it's content that 200 uh you know 2500 people who are already in Pete's discord love they eat it up they watched it 
10 times. They made memes of it. And I mean, you know, it all depends on your goals, right? Thousand true fans, pretty valuable concept, but it's not going to have a hundred thousand people care. There's also, I mean, we also have to recognize it's easier for poker to develop characters. They have a long history of televised games. Like there's a built in kind of system through the world series. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's a poker. And, the and old everyone knows the rules and plays cards. Right. That said, I do agree with you. I mean, it, it, it means that DraftKings would need to overcompensate even more to tell these stories. Um, and they just they just kind of waved the white flag on it um, from the beginning, it if, seems like. If you look at the early, like, 2000, 2001 poker viewers, there wasn't a whole ton. There wasn't a lot of entries in the main event. So, like, you got to start somewhere. And so, like, that's the thing. The chasing the goat was obviously, we thought it was hilarious, so we watched it. But, like... At least they're trying something. Yeah. And maybe you can't – I'm not saying recreate poker one for one, but who knows? Maybe they could come up with something. I think like even a scandal would be good at this point for for DFS to like get some – No, it uh, wouldn't. No, it wouldn't because – Get some uh, eyes on it. No, it wouldn't because of, uh, you know, crooked uh, – crooked – Crooked uh, Elizabeth Warren, and uh, you know, because yeah. then it, then you get on the wrong side of legislation. This is also a good point of like thinking about poker content versus yeah. DFS content. Um, you know, the streamers and even the the poker vlogs. They're the thing about poker vlogs, and I mean, Brad Owens just I mean just has a fucking massive channel. Like people eat that kind of content up, and it's not specifically because of the poker. It's because it's a lifestyle aspirational thing. Yeah. And I do think people, it there is some aspirational nature to being a pro DFS player, but it can't be glamorized in the same way a poker vlogger can. Like there's something about going to the strip and like sitting down and getting your racks and stuff where it's like if Brian shot a vlog of his day doing like, it'd be, it'd be very boring. Like no offense to Brian. It's not because Brian's boring. It's because there wouldn't be that much interesting stuff to actually show on screen. There's like inherent roadblocks with making dfs interesting for the masses you can make it up though like i said put three guys in the same house 
Oh, DFS house. DF kitchens. Kitchen's ears are ringing. He's about to. He's about to. He's about to. Like we're kitchen's gonna send but you a. The problem, like I agree with yeah. you, Brian. And we've we've all brainstormed that idea. But the reason the poker vlogger works is because everyone's just grabbing their camera and they're like, "I'll just film my hands and I'll show you know me going." Like there's, it's so easy for people to show yeah. that. Whereas like DFS, like I feel like I maybe come like the closest of like trying to do that like sunday morning i'll tell you my plays i'll re I'll, i go tilt it live on the tilt space and then i'll recap my decisions on monday and like even that has like a ceiling like it can't hold a candle to like an actual vlog style video yeah and but and the money the money's got to be more too like you know like uh, you know the old high stakes poker and they you know uh Doyle brunson's just throwing in stacks of cash you know it's it's a, you're the the glamour aspect is really what gets people with cards well if you look at those brad owens and like i was uh watching somebody else too they're not playing they're playing 510 you know like they're only taking like they have a big day it's like five grand or something like dfs players five, five, are gambling way day. more than poker players well yeah I mean, if someone was willing to sit down and, and do it with them, they could they could probably come up with something good. Poker is also like the easiest one to cheat at. Like I guarantee Brad, everyone's Brad, fucking cheating. Brad Owens has six hundred thousand subscribers for Poker Blocks. I mean, I didn't even he, know who this guy was until right now. Brad's an awesome dude, uh, and he like. And I don't know, he might be even the first to admit it. Like he he's never even really improved or upped his editing style. Like he just does, he just has his groove and he hammers it and people love it. it it's just massive to see the ceiling for poker content. Like there's just no way a DFS channel could ever get to this level. Um, I, I think it'd be like impossible. Like I, I don't even know how you'd be able to do it. Well, how how long ago did he start doing this? Not that long. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not that long ago. I, I mean, he was doing that. He had like he, Andrew Nimi had more subs than him when I was doing like man's poker tube videos. Um, because yeah. Andrew Nimi was the one who really I think popularized the poker vlog format. Um, and he had more of like an aesthetic, uh, cinematography kind of bent to his stuff. Whereas Brad just like, I'm just gonna do hands in traditional style poker vlog. But to answer your question, I think like five years, I mean, five years. What does he upload a video five times a week? Yeah, could, roughly. Uh, no, no. I mean, he it's more sporadic. Uh, two days ago, nine days ago, two weeks ago, maybe one a week, one every 10 days. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think there there's so much uh, there. And Pete, you know this. I mean, there's just so much value in showing up every day, getting the content out, always something new. Like uh, like five years of, of pretty much nonstop content is is super valuable well and that's a really good point too because when someone comes to a brad owen video they know exactly what they're getting and yep. there's a comfort food to that um there's a reason my channel doesn't do well and has plateaued it's because the algorithm and people don't know what the hell they're going to get every single day like the topic and similar i mean you could say that's a bug and a feature similar to the take cast too right davis like it's been, have, it's been like the same amount of subscribers for a year, basically, because it's it's could be sports, it could be DF. I, I actually, funnily enough, I was just looking at um, some of the episodes that have done the best yesterday, and they're ones that feel 
not that great to me at the time, which they're always DFS related, pretty much always. They're they're like theory, like theory shows with like Blender or something like that. And it's like, I mean, there are a thousand of those out there, you know. Well, that that happens on my channel too. Like the really DFS specific stuff in because that was where the core audience was um, built. Stanford that's why people Pass. follow me on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so then when and it's this push pull, but I th- I bet you and me feel similar in this regard. Like we don't burn out on making content because we always just do what's interesting to us and is fun to us, which isn't as good for building an audience, but by God, is it good for our mental health? Yeah. And and it's it's also it's like uh, you know I don't need the take cast to have six hundred thousand subscribers to eat if if I did if it was it, like if it was that situation for me I mean if I could if I could start everything over again if I could go back ten years ago and and start my whole career in this stuff over again I would do an independent fantasy football podcast I would do it three days a week. It would always be this, you know, roughly the same amount of time. The theme song would never change. Um, I'd have a rotating cast of guests, sometimes do it solo. Probably like the Monday show in season would be solo. And then I would have a separate podcast to be about whatever, you know. But yeah, that is a regret for sure. Because I I could be there needs to be some real IRL something. You know what? Another thing I noticed with some of these podcasts that that are pretty successful is they have all the people on the show in the same room, live. Yeah, it seems like people enjoy that a lot more than this. Are you? T- I, I I think I are you the, referencing like the fantasy like a, footballers, or like you're talking about like the Solve for Why podcast yeah, where there's like for why, or just you know any big regular pod, Joe Rogan, Tim Cast, blah blah blah. Yeah. That, there, that there's definitely an element to that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the first podcast I ever started doing was the Fantasy Football Comedy Hour. I, sh- I shot that with all my friends in in this office, and it was like there's there's something to being able to react to someone in real time, an energy, uh, a rapport that you just. I mean, we come very close. I, I think in general. I mean, stuff. It's really nice and still blows my mind that we're able to do this kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> just via the internet. But still, it's hard to replicate IRL stuff. My my favorite show, my favorite podcast ever. They 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 were in the same location. Now that I'm thinking about it, Coin Talk, Coin Talk. They were in a, a basement. In, basement. <laughs> they were in a basement in in New York. And I was I was thinking like, is that true? And yeah, my, my favorite one ever. They're like buddies for a long time and it was it was in person. You're right. I do think it does make a difference. Yeah. Mayo did that too for a while, right? Yeah. I don't listen to his ones with Feinberg, but yeah, mm-hmm. they do. I mean, and which is far and away their most successful show. I just don't give a shit about listening to NFL picks. I can make my own terrible picks against the spread, but that is his show that does do the best and it is in person. With with yeah. t- the take with take cast and lulls, I my this is I guess same thing Pete was saying selfishly. I like when people talk about that I like about a wide variety of topics. Like I don't want to hear Joe Rogan just talk about MMA. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, like I, I mean I, I don't listen to him a ton anymore, but like yeah, no, I you listen to him. One... You listen to him for his thoughts on free speech and and uh, you know the don't don't of... derail this anecdote that Brian's getting <laughs> in here. <laughs> Hopefully he brings Elon on. Oh, 
<laughs> He's already had Elon on. No, I know. I watched it. You don't think I watched it? Yeah, hundred times. <laughs> Yeah, it's instead of instead of uh you know instead of reading more Mises, you don't have to read Mises anymore. You can just listen to Elon Musk on the Joe Rogan podcast, and that's all you need to do to have a good political education. I wonder if he's ever read any Mises. He probably. I has. bet he fucking hasn't. Yeah. But I bet he. No? I bet if you asked him, he would say he has. Mm. What was the, what was the point you were making though? Sorry, that? sorry. No, just that I I enjoy. Um, oh yeah. That a wide variety of topics from. Like I want to hear what you know X person well, has to say on a wide variety of topics. So. I like the idea too, and this isn't to like I'm not throwing shade at anyone else. I promise, but I like the idea that people like vibe with me or want to come and see the things I'm interested in or like follow me on the things I want to dive into versus being like I just want the information from you like I barely rarely get I just want XFL like, picks right when are you going to give me the picks when do you get like people don't come whereas if you pivot and you change to a different topic and everyone's like I don't care man I just I just wanted the top DFS plays like right. that would that would be hard for me but I feel like that dynamic happens That's a like job. If Brad if Brad Owen started reviewing restaurants on his channel right now would he have a core fans love super fans who would be like all right man i'll go along for the ride sure but he would alienate 98 percent of his audience work yeah. them in easy work them in slowly you go do a a, a restaurant at the casino yeah at uh, right. at the aria or whatever yeah. yeah uh i i think it's like for me it's 50 50 but i also like probably i'm in the upper fifth percentile 95th percentile of like uh content con consuming and I, I prefer con I prefer podcasts over YouTube, over TV. Like I listen to way more podcasts than I watch TV or whatever. And like some of them, I want a different topic every week because I like the vibe of the guys, right? Mm -hmm. Which is cool. And then some I'm like, I only care about, right. like I listen to uh, like one about the soccer team that I'm a fan of. And if they just randomly one week, we're like, yeah, we know you only listen for the information about this soccer team you like, but we're actually going to talk about the city that the soccer team is in and the restaurants yeah. in the city. I'd be like, I, I'm out. I'm not we're going to talk about the French election like we just did. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. No, there are there are podcasts like that that I listen to strictly for information. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'll listen to a, a TV, you know, I'll listen to The Watch, The Ringer podcast, and they'll review shows and I want to hear what's going on and stuff and if they just did a show about like what was going on in their life i'd be like i like you guys but i listen to this podcast to get caught up on this news but then there are podcasts where i have complete faith in them and enjoy them so much that i'd listen to them talk about anything well and there there are podcasts that can change like i listen to uh a soccer podcast that's just about like global so you know like the all big game stuff whatever's happening and when i started listening to it i couldn't have given a rat's ass about you know, these people's families or, you know, any of their personal peccadillos, but I've been listening to the show for six, seven years. So like when there, when there's like an anecdote about like, Oh, you know, my, my wife came home in the middle of the game or, you know, like just whatever, whatever it might be. It's like, Oh, that's good color that I like. So I, I think, uh, I think it just depends on how much of a fan you are. Like, like Brad, like I, I bet 98% is too high. If Brad Owens started doing restaurant reviews, like I bet, I bet he'd keep 10 to 12% of them. But the other thing is I bet he could charge them. I bet he could be like, you want my content? Patreon.com slash Brad Owens. It's 50 bucks a month. 
are you coming? And I bet a lot of them would come. Yeah. And it's not like that's just a very specific example. Like, and he wouldn't have to pick and choose. Like Brad could make Brad Owen restaurant reviews as a separate channel and right. he could promote it on there. And the people who want to come over right, could, yeah. and the people who don't, don't have to. And that's kind of the, the beauty of things, but it is an interesting thought experiment of, mm -hmm. you know, what, what it's, people come to you for. It's pretty awesome that we just, I mean, I know Davis is blackpilled earlier with Elon, but it's, it's pretty amazing time to live in where he can be make have a poker blog and make a living playing poker and talking about it on YouTube. And then if he wants to start a second channel about restaurants, he really theoretically could and make a living off of it. It's it's amazing. Like, are you, are you making are you making the argument that there's there's not ever been a better time to be alive as a human because because everyone has access to like microwavable food? <laughs> no, I, that, I'm making that, the argument that it's not as bad as it's as it seems. Like you know, there's the 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 world's pretty divided right now, and but there is some amazing things from when I was younger that it just would never be possible. That you could that you can act like look at the three of well, us. Well, would you take all you three take of the us ability, are prime examples? Right. Yeah. Would exactly. you would you, well would you take the ability for like you know a normal person working a normal job to ever be able to afford a home or or that brad owens can make a restaurant youtube channel like which of those is a bigger those would have like, to be mutually <laughs> exclusive yeah and there's and it's worldwide too there's a lot of people who aren't in poverty who, who were in the 80s and um we can keep talking about that but i did want to talk about cheating in dfs what do you what do you guys think sure i'd oh, love to cheat good. in dfs okay i know <laughs> for sure someone is no i'm kidding um do you guys think for an hour so, 20 in <laughs> the bombshell <laughs> his name alex baker no um the uh uh do you guys think so first of all i always say if you're gambling always protect yourself you kind of just assume someone's trying to cheat you right yes. um and that's just good good way if you're playing cards wherever and it's money that you don't want to lose just kind of always have that in the back of your mind but do you think dfs is Immune is too strong of a word, but but the structure of it is where it's highly unlikely any sort of large scheme could be occurring. Now, obviously, we have the three-man issue. Yeah, Saramek and Redcoat cheat every day, every slate. No, <laughs> no they anything don't. about it. They do. But, yeah, he was just on Blender's podcast. It does, he, he sounds like a real nice guy. I doubt he's... And I was cheating. And okay, well, they, he is. It, 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 <laughs> over over an infinity amount of instances, he never has the same team as the other guy. Is this a soccer dude? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I want to bring him on the pod, Pete. I was thinking about it. Um, well, he's gonna, A cheater he's gonna, on this pod? No, never. because because his explanation is fine. It's, it's a, well, how could, we, how could we cheat? We never have the same team. How could they be cheating? Is that what he said? I can't even remember. I mean, that's that's the only possible defense that they could ever I mean, have. They're, if you if you're an English guy and you're going to cheat with someone, probably tell the guy not to do the the username breadcoat. Like it's kind of a giveaway, you know. Like, um, but leaving 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 the three man issue aside, obviously it's not just those two that are, are getting accused. There's you know the 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 uh, burrito brothers that people think is cheating, and most I think kind of the consensus is that they're not cheating. They're just using the same system and entering in lineups. And even, and then on Twitter years ago, uh, I don't know if I want to say who it was, but someone told me that there's like a syndicate of some, like a team entering, you know, 10, 20, 50, 150s. 
together. In in what sport? I don't remember. This is seriously five, six years ago. Okay. That's kind of the only one besides insider uh, insider cheating. I don't know how they would do that, but someone who works for DraftKings or the scoring companies. The only thing I could see is a syndicate. You get like 50 or 100 accounts. Because like yesterday, I think there was like 50 max entered in NBA. I haven't looked. Yeah. And I know, like we personally know how many of those guys. So like it's not, it's probably not happening. It would just, it would require a lot of wealth and a lot of coordination and a lot of, uh, you know, because DraftKings and FanDuel, they do do a good job of like KYC for, you know, withdrawals and deposits. Like even getting, uh, like getting the amount of money you would need to, to continuously 150 uh, and all that account, like that would be from all those different bank accounts and everything, it would just be a huge hassle. I mean, you'd have to be a pretty sophisticated operation to do that. Or know someone who worked in a bank. I guess if you if you knew someone who worked in a bank and could just approve all the transactions and like uh, like have it set up so that you know you do you see what I'm saying about getting the money in that much. Fifteen k per account. You can't you be, can't deposit fifteen k. I oh do because I can. You have to. It depends. Just it, it depends on where it depends on where you are in the country. Yeah. It depends on if you. Like, you know, are we assuming these are brand new accounts or are these accounts that already have badges? Because I don't think brand new, I think brand new accounts can only deposit a max of 2,500, if I remember yeah. correctly. It'd be tough. I mean, this is also where you have to um, work for sports betting, working as syndicate, all that stuff. They do it somehow there too. So somehow they can pull it off. But there's, so there's like even uh, like that, that would be like required you know, for, for sports betting. And, and those people are also just like more used to it. Like there's kind of this thing in the back of my head of like, like is, are people really going to put in all this work for like maybe making a couple million dollars? Like, I don't know. And, and splitting it between, I mean, how many people would you like, by your estimation, how many physical people would you need to pull this off? I haven't thought of it. Thought it through. I think you. I think minimum you'd need ten people. Oh yeah. Well, I would think way more than ten. So that's right. a huge pain in the ass. I was just going to ask you though to even almost simplify this. Like for you, Brian, how mm -hmm. scalable would you consider your ROI edge? Like, say that DraftKings took the one hundred and fifty max limit off for you in any of mm -hmm. these tournaments. How many lineups would you put in? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, probably not a whole lot more. It would probably depend. Um, yeah. yeah. Probably depend be... on the sport too, right? Yeah, it depends on the sport. And also sometimes like my stuff sends out like this lineup's not, not positive ROI and like there's no other lineups left. And I probably, maybe I shouldn't be putting in 150. So I guess that's possible. That's just, there's not enough edge. That, that's kind of what I was hinting at. Yeah. I'm just like, how? I could do. You, I feel like I would go busto with this table of Ted, even yeah. positive EV players. 20, 2017 or something. You probably yeah. could have put like a thousand entries in. Yeah. Yeah, and like at like at a, like at a certain point, like at a certain point, you're like literally just playing the lottery. Like I'd love to win. I'd love to win. You know where it actually would make more sense is when they run like the. Remember when they ran like the five hundred dollar millimaker or the eight eighty eight millimaker or whatever. That's a spot where it would make more sense, where you could buy like a huge chunk of the pool 
and feel pretty good about having the winning lineup if you had, you know, I mean, if you could get up to 20% of the pool or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, the more, the, the, the more convinced I am that this that not even that's happening. Cheating, cheating, and cheating in DFS is. Uh, I it, I don't the the thing that people used to say it was was like sharing lineups, right? Like, yeah. oh, you have the same lineup in cash, which is like everyone does that now because you just can go to establishtherun.com or dailyroto.com or rotogrinders.com and click optimize, and you're gonna have the same lineup as everyone else. Yeah, I mean, it, it it wouldn't hurt to do like 450 entries and just don't overlap, something like that, and then split it three three ways. I, I mean, people, people do doing that. that. I bet people are doing that. But yeah, and then and then you do come into bankroll issues, right? Because even with 450 entries, you could run cold <laughs> and bleed you know, triple max entering a contest over what a two month period of time. That wouldn't be an insane amount of time to, to go on a cold streak. Yeah. Assuming you'd have an edge. Yeah. If you haven't, if you have a big enough edge to do pull something like this off, you'd probably be fine. Yeah. And that, you know, they wouldn't be doing it without a big bang roll either. You would think, but it might be, it might be immune. That's what, to these that's type what of I'm kind of wondering. I mean, the, 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 the subtext of this conversation is like, how good could DraftKings infrastructure really be? Like, can't someone hack DraftKings? Seriously. That, that, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, maybe it's not even a worthwhile thing because getting money off the site would be too hard. Like, if you're going to hack something, like, it would make more sense to just, like, hack the DraftKings player reserve or whatever. You I, said, I don't like, know. Dude- it would be like the Mike Postle equivalent of like someone hacked and was able to view like real time ownership as like lineups are submitted before lock. Some, something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even like that whole Ethan Gate thing. You can give this, you can give that info out to people. They're not going to fucking know how to use it. And even if you do, it's not going to give you super big edge. You're right. I mean, it was the USFL contest the first weekend uh they flipped over the ownership and people didn't do shit with it no it was like sean poindexter was 40 percent owed and he came in at 40 percent owed like no one no one changed it i mean there wasn't 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 there some dfs site that was doing that as their bit um no i don't know there no there was there was a dfs site i remember because crazy gaby who i think is probably uh maybe brian's best friend that we don't know about who like you guys, you guys would have been great pals. Oh, I re- I remember Crazy Gaby. Yeah, I, I believe he was involved with the site that their bit was that they were going to show ownership in real time as it as it continued to like you know as people submitted lineups and click or you know click their players or whatever it was going to show you you know uh, Ricky Seals Jones is ten percent owned. Nope, now he's eleven percent owned or whatever. It can, you could cheat with a decent edge, even though it's not huge, with late swap and full knowledge from someone on the inside. So like if Davis is in first and I'm in second, I go, who's Davis got left? Okay. I can't play him obviously. Cause I'm going to tie him. And yeah. But you can pretty much, I mean, you could figure that out. Either way. It's still helpful. Like when I, like when I, like, you know, when I'm playing against contests, like when I'm swapping in head to heads or whatever, like you can figure out who people have like a huge chunk of the time. Yeah, yeah, you should be able to. 
Um, but um, if you had to have the whole field too, you could yeah. do some stuff with that. I mean, the ownership projections are so good now in the big sports and NBA, NFL, and MLB ownership projections are so good. How much would knowing the actuals even do for you? I mean, people, people know like the, the golf, the golf ownership projections are like the RSQ is like not like, like roughly like 90%. Like it's, it's like unbelievable how good they are. Like having the real numbers isn't going to materially change that much for you. No, no, it won't. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I mean, in like a smaller sport, like if you if you had the actual ownership in USFL, you could, maybe you could crush. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's a little different just because of new sport, new sample size, like no information. But I mean, isn't with the ownership too? There's such a self fulfilling prophecy with them. Not only are people looking at the projected ownership and making their decisions accordingly, but those a lot of those ownerships are made from like baseline projections and seeing how frequently guys are appearing in lineups and then using that as the guardrails for determining how often people are actually going to play them. So it's like all the snake eating its own tail. Yeah. Maybe, maybe an MMA. I'm still trying to think what's the best way to cheat. What's the best way to cheat? <laughs> maybe an MMA because of the binary. Well, well couldn't, output. couldn't, couldn't, if you were rich enough, couldn't you just, pay guys off like how much how much does a low level mma guy make per year there you go that's a good one that that's probably that's probably that's the a best good one. angle yep or what about what about uh like a a shitty 28 year old triple you know pitcher right like a bad like the worst guy who's going to start a game for the boston red sox this year what if you tell him buddy you just throw the easiest straightest fastballs of your life to Bo bichette when you face him and I'll give you a hundred K in Bitcoin. We already have that. That doesn't help you enough DFS though, for that payoff. Right. We have the example. It's the titular show. It's the league of legends. Those guys were there. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were throwing stuff for, for side action. I mean, I mean, the COVID times, the, the outlaw tour, I don't think anyone did, but you could have there. The, the guys who were winning the outlaw tour GPPs were making more than the winner of the tournament. They sure were. Yeah, so you, that I I I I honestly hope someone you know contacted Joseph Bramlett and tried to get him to cheat. Uh, I bet I don't think anyone did, but they should have. Who was our guy, Pete? I already forgot again. Um, here's another one too. Obviously, MMA refs. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean Those that's guys. okay. So that's the that's the rabbit hole. Referees are the rabbit hole because yeah. we we have instances of every major sport. Uh, of referees having been bribed at one point or the other. I mean, it, in in soccer, it is like uh, accepted that, well, until recently, maybe until like, let's say 15 years ago, it was just sort of accepted that in big international matches, referees were going to be attempted to be bribed by by one party or the other. I mean, there were, you know, the the former Yugoslavia there, it was it was you know just a matter of like historical record that they would pay refs off. It, it happened in Brazil, happened in Argentina. Um, I mean, how much how much does uh, a home plate umpire make? I think they make a couple hundred thousand at least now, right? So does ten does ten does ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin to squeeze Zach Wheeler? Does that move the needle for him? 
probably not. It's it's tough too because you'd, have to, I mean, you'd have to threaten violence. I think in the major sports. I mean, I play like every MLB contest on DraftKings, and I'm not giving them 10K for my number one pitcher. You know, like it's not. Well, no, it would be the opposite. It would be it would be you 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 lock in him being bad, and all of your opponents using him, and you use none of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's worth 10K in equity. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, but, I, I mean. mean it, it is it is uh, another sport where it is conclusively proven that the distribution of results in tennis cannot be real. That like tennis, like uh, outside of you know, let's say that the best fifty players in the world, there there is rampant cheating and match fixing in tennis. And if you got plugged into that network for some of these off events, you know, obviously not any of the majors or, but you know, when they are playing the. Uh, you know the, the the ATP Puerto Rico or whatever you 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 could make money that way. I mean, in in DFS is still though really resilient against this stuff because even if you nail, you get the underdog MMA fighter who puts up a big score and then a guy throwing like you still got to hit the rest of your five six leg parlay. Like it, it's no lock on your investment. What, what we're saying what we're saying is that DFS is the perfect game and that humanity should stop creating new games because it's unbeatable. There should be DFS vloggers uh, who make it really sexy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you can get if you can get this referee right for 10k, you'd be a fool not to like DM some of these sports betting guys. You'd be like, look, I got a guy on the hook. Let's put millions on this. You know what I mean? You would just totally forget about DFS. Right. That's what I'm saying. With sports betting, it's so easy because you yeah, if, if you're getting to the level, to if you're getting to the level of of uh, bribing refs, you'd be much better off just well, replacing yeah. the wager on the game. Yeah. Yeah. DFS is, there's no possible way you could be cheated. Like flash forward to next week, cheating scandal in DFS. I mean, the, 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 the way you could do it would be, I, and I guess, I mean, I've harassed stat providers before. Uh, the, 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 the guys that do stats for soccer, I have, I have confronted them on Twitter before because they got something wrong. Because the MMA strikes and significant strikes. It's like, is that really a significant strike? Is that really? Well, yeah, that's uh, what you, you how the pros do it. Your your boy, we call him Buddy. I doesn't he always complain? Like, are people always saying that the significant strikes are fixed or whatever? They they can be pretty random, it seems like, and then they'll readjust after the fight and they'll be over or under. I'm like overall kind of fine with it, but it seems a little subjective. Yeah. I mean, the big the big takeaway is it, it, it's it's almost impossible for a level of scandal on this on the poker level to to happen in DFS. Yeah, it's just there's too many roadblocks for that, it. To, that that um that Jade and Tan and Tanner might be the pinnacle. Yeah. And until again, someone if, until someone does it again. And it wasn't popular, has to happen on a two game slate where it like can kind of seem like it matters, you know. And that's the thing. Someone in the, what they did isn't that in a vacuum, isn't that scandalous relative to some other stuff that's happened in DFS. But to have that level of notoriety of, you know, probably the most mainstream recognized name that could win a tournament, like one, like everyone in America knows these bachelor contestants from, from reality TV. Yeah. And some people uh, probably knew the girls playboy video. That's true. Davis. Oh no, not me. 
Not me. Never once. That was some of the, like the time I was like most excited making content, like the fallout of that scandal, like doing bits and making some videos and stuff. I mean, I, I felt like this giddiness inside me that I, I don't know the last time I felt it. Do you, do you know so that good. before it was realized that, like, before it came out that it was a scandal, like, I was going to do a take cast with them? Like, I was, like, e- I was, like, I was like emailing their agent, like, that night. Because you just knew it would be, would be entertaining. It, yeah, it would just yeah. be good content. It yeah. would just get clicks regardless. And then uh, their, their publicist or agent or whatever never emailed me back after the next morning after it became clear. Wait. Did you did you put the request out to Jade or both Jade and Tanner? Both. Why both? The, we didn't know that Tanner was even involved yet. Uh oh, Dave was. I involved. think I think it was <laughs> I think it was Wiggins who told me that. Oh, so you had the Well, now shit. Now I don't remember. I mean, <laughs> Wiggins was also involved. Write this down, Pete. What I'm hearing is Davis was incredibly sexist. He didn't think there was any way Jade could have won this on her own, and he wanted to bring both of them on. I don't know. I just remember that I followed both of them on Twitter, and then they both went private immediately after. <laughs> but I was still following them while they were private, which I always thought. I was like, that's weird. Why? I, I don't know. That was such a weird moment in time. Was that pre or post-COVID? That was pre-COVID. Not, there was some fallout for Pete, though. He got blocked. Got blocked from, from all that. Uh, from I was I think I was blocked by Tanner for a while, and then he unblocked me. No, Randone blocked you but, over it. too but, many jokes. Yeah, then Randone. Oh man, what's what's Randone up to these days? Are any of us me. unblocked? I can't. I can't say. Brian, Brian, I think has stayed in his good graces. Oh man, you know it was so funny on the Randone thing. Davis, you'll love this. There was some tweet people were sharing, and I wanted to see it, so I was like, "All right, I'll log into the Club Top Shot account to look at this red dog tweet." He had blocked that account too. Well, you probably <laughs> mocked him on Club Top Shot. I'm probably oh, sure, sure I did. Feels uh, like Settlement and Randone could get along. Feels like feels <laughs> like they would have something to bond over. Oh my god! Didn't Randone, didn't Randone do an NFT that was a rug? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Crypto Ragers, <laughs> yeah. the Power Ranger, and then they rebranded as the DeFi Ragers. Why like, haven't Why haven't we done a rug yet? It feels like a very easy way to make like a million bucks. That's David, been my childhood dream. If you would have, if you would have spun it up, you know, six months in the ago, of NFT summer, like yeah, would have sold out a project. Yeah, you know, you live and you learn. NFTs are fucking stupid, really. <sighs> Do you think if I asked Elon to get Vegas Dave to unblock me, he'd do it? Well, it's, uh, you know, I mean, you saw you saw Elon's tweet the other day. Blocking is a violation of, of free speech, right? Really? No, I, I think I made that up. But no. I mean, if you if you really want to if you really want to have free speech, I mean, everyone needs to be able to, like, read what you say. It's, it's, it should be should be a violation of Elon's free speech rules. You know, that's. Great logic, Davis. Well done. I mean, everyone everyone has the right to, to read what I have to say. I know? think if Elon cares about free speech, he'll force Randone to unblock me in free Randone speech for me. And I think yeah. it's unfair that it's sequestered away from me. Yeah. Yeah, just Randone and Vegas Dave. Everyone else. Blocking, blocking, is, uh, you know, blocking is extrajudicial, Brian. 
because there's no blocking. There's no the forefathers could have never imagined blocking. You know. Do you think? Okay, little like uh, you know informal Laden thinks. How many people do you think Elon Musk has blocked on Twitter? How many people do you think he's muted on Twitter? <sighs> muted zero. Uh, blocks a lot. I don't know. I'd say muted probably in the hundreds. Blocked, yeah, probably, probably thousands. Because I do feel like it's either a really low number or an extremely high number. Like once you work the block muscle, I assume you're just blocking left and right. I mean, yeah, I, I have like 7,000 block accounts. I, I mentioned he has muted Davis because I bet he has like a lot of relationships and then he that he can't just like block somebody, but he, he's like, oh my God, this person's annoying. And he just, he just mutes them instead, you know, like. Yeah, this person just got vaccinated for the novel coronavirus. Mute. Can't have that. No, that's not true, dude. Elon was the very first mm -hmm. uh COVID is is like uh just the flu famous guy. On like oh. on like on like March 15th. He was how like, often how often did he turn out? Like, <laughs> the night after like, the like literally, Gobert. like literally after the Rudy Gobert thing. Like he was like one of the first people. Yeah, this is a good point. People would be screenshotting the the Elon Musk blocked me, and I have a great. That's a this is a great point from this guy from Reshi. And, and I wonder too. I mean, his Twitter <laughs> replies it, are just so insane that I don't even think it'd be tenable to block because it, it would it would be fucking whack. Except he just responds to people all the time. The yeah. biggest thing that I don't respect about Elon Musk, and there are many things I don't respect about him, but the biggest thing is that if I was that rich, why I would not even have a cell phone. What what am I what am I on? Twitter is for for uh, people like me who have a huge void in their lives because they want to be in a better station in life than they are. <laughs> Twitter Twitter is not for someone who can do whatever they want whenever they want. Like when you already have the life you want, there is no reason to be on Twitter. No. Well, okay, I, I agree with you, but the reason is because once you're at that level of success, all you care about is ego and attention and legacy. That's all and that like, matters is what is what people think of him. That's the only thing that matters to him. Unless you're thinking charitably, and he actually wants to have a town square that has some free. You don't. Space. You don't even believe that. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even believe that you believe that, Brian. That is the most earnest, like 1884. <laughs> fucking huck thin ass reading of a human being i could ever imagine i mean that is that is like out of out of a, a norman rockwell painting what you just said i'm gonna get one of those elon halo pictures elon with a halo i'm gonna put that right behind here yeah you gotta I, just, I, I, I just think i just think you're doing a bit because i don't think anyone actually believes that um no of course there's more motivations than that but i i think that i think part of it is is that I, I a real a real libertarian mm -hmm. would know that anyone with that much power and wealth is not a friend of the common man. You're gonna tell me what a real libertarian thinks. He's, <laughs> dude, he's he's just a he's a technocrat. He is he his power is just as centralized and shitty as the Democratic Party's. Um I don't know about that, but I don't I mean like I'm sure he is doing it for other reasons too. 
but I think like probabilistically, I think there's a solid chance. One of the reasons is because he actually has some like autistic bug up his ass about people getting blocked. Yeah, I I frequently make forty four billion dollar decisions based off of my ideological <laughs> values. He's clearly not a normal human being, right? But so, Davis, like, that like I mean, someone should probably do the math. But my guess, it's like is, it's like be, nothing. It'd be like you spending like ten thousand dollars. It's like nothing. It's like to him. it's a decent amount of money, but like, well, like he took out a loan. He took out a loan too, I believe too. So I doubt he, it's actual cash. Have yeah. you guys seen all these like right wing accounts that are getting like? 50 100,000 followers magically in the last day. Yep. I and, and and the the like democratic senators accounts are getting like all the bots that follow them are getting deleted. Yeah, but they're not many of them. They're it's like it's it's like just AOC and and yeah. uh they're like 20,000 where like Margie Marjorie Green Taylor or whatever her name is, she like had 100,000 added in one day. Yeah, That's wild. probably good. It's probably a good sign I, for our democracy. In well, my do you opinion. think? I mean, do you like you know they're claiming it's because they were blocked. They were shadow banned, dude. The algorithm, the algorithm, bro. The algorithm is 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 notoriously, uh, you know, the algorithm is it loves leftist policies, as as you know, you know. Um, I will uh, hopefully that's one thing I definitely want is this fucking stupid what's happening on the right hand side. Yeah, it sucks. Please be something else. Like I don't care about this garbage they put up there constantly. It's I don't know I've what they're never trying to clicked, do. I've never clicked one of those topics. It's so bad. And it, it is majority left wing, Davis, especially if there's an algorithm. Like for me, it should be saying like all the stupid. Yeah, the algorithm. The algorithm is left wing, and that's why, uh, you know, there's always such a popular groundswell in the United States for left wing politicians. It's you know that I think I think it's very explainable right now. Why really all over the world, you know, there there are big groundswells for for left wing politicians as driven by the algorithm. Be be honest about your guys' experience with the algorithm because I don't. I could not parse a single political agenda in mine. It is the algorithm has gotten very good in what like the topics I see. Like I only see DFS, um, NFT stuff. I didn't even see a ton of the poker stuff, even though I follow those guys because I haven't interacted with any poker people or even fave tweets. Like they weren't showing me. I missed a ton of like the Bryn Kenny stuff like i feel like the algo is like really my algo my algo doesn't understand me because i follow all these bitcoin people so i actually get <laughs> i actually get way more right wing political stuff than left wing stuff because i follow pierre rochard and and all of these people who have just Meat eaters you know, these just insane like big bitcoin tweets have gone beyond parody like i i've been seeing stuff recently that i was like someone should just do like a pastiche of these because these people have like lost the plot does not even define where where these people are at mentally. I had this one. Harbs just just said I had that exact one. It's one of the ones I was talking about. It's like, why do you think this is something I'm interested in? What'd you um, get, Pete? You want to highlight Harbs's comment there? Yeah. Kim Kardashian rants <laughs> at fans over dumb claims she photoshopped. Yeah, like that's why that's why I don't think this algorithm is that sophisticated because I got this one too, and it's like they're clearly they're just pushing well, some new stuff. Well, my my take is this, at least just from my personal experience, the home feed algorithm is pretty dialed in. The what's happening algorithm has to be a separate algorithm that's not actually catered to your the whole thing when I, like i feel like there's guys i follow and then i like never see them 
never see their tweets for some reason. Yeah. Does that happen to you guys? Do you ever like, oh man, yeah. I used to follow that guy. Why haven't I ever seen one of his tweets? I had that. Yeah. I went like a year without seeing a PFT commenter tweet <laughs> where I was like, I used to see his tweets all the time. And then I was like, what happened to that guy? It's, it's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. I think he yeah. could like somebody leaving Elon aside. It does feel like they were leaving a lot of meat on the bone. A lot of like things they could do to make money for Twitter and to make the experience a little bit better. Like, it seems like they were kind of, yeah, I mean, that's really, really, at the end of the day, the biggest thing is that, like, the people running Twitter were not doing that good of a job to begin with. And it's right. not as if it's not as if the people running Twitter, as I said, are left leaning politically. Uh, Jack actually was and he left because it was becoming a politically untenable environment for him. Like, it's 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 not it's not as if things are really going to change all that much or that the people running yeah. the organization are all that different. What I would really like personally as a Twitter user would be uh, an interval based digest that I could say, say if I wanted the digest every six hours, 12 hours, and it looked at people I followed and it showed the tweets that had the most likes or comments or interactions. It used like a Venn diagram to see people I followed were all talking in this same thread about a topic and then presented that to me as these were the most popular tweets, the hottest conversations within your specific set. And then I would never have to go on Twitter. I could just log in, see what the conversations are, decide if I want to opt into that conversation yeah. or not, and then move on with my life. Like yeah, that yeah. would be perfect for me. That's like that, how that one site does poker, uh, not poker, uh, PGA ownership, right? Davis, what's that called? They like oh. take all the chatter. Yeah. Fan, um, fan, fan, fan share. Fan share. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. That would make content creating a lot easier too, Pete. Like, okay, what's the thing to make the joke about today? Right? Okay, frog poison, obviously, you know, or whatever. It just tells you. Yeah. And the other thing that I would love, and I, I think I've said this on Lulz, like, and I bet Davis feels similarly. Like, I, there's a lot of tweets that I don't make because they feel so hyper niche that I'm like, whatever. It's so all do them in a discord thread or whatever. Like for example, I, I had lots of moonbird jokes over the past week and I made them all in a thread within a thread within a gated discord channel, because that was the audience for that. But if yeah. I could tag a tweet as like NFT or moonbirds, and then people could decide to opt in. To they, those they've created that. They created that like two weeks ago. Well, I haven't seen it in, in my functionality. It's called communities. So well, when when I when I go when I go to tweet, I can choose between I can tweet to everyone or I can just tweet to my community. See, but you have to pee right there, to, so I can I can tweet to those I can, communities. I can tweet to everyone or I can tweet to the fifty six people who are a member of the Sports Grid community. I think okay. it's a, I think it's I think it's a beta future. But again, and it might only be Twitter blue. But again, you can already do a lot of these things and Elon doesn't change shit. The other thing is, Pete, I do that, but I just delete them. So what I'll do is I'll fire off my niche tweet. I'll let it sit up there for like an hour. I can have a little bit of discourse if anyone wants to interact with like my soccer tweet or whatever. And then I just comb through and I just delete all the tweets that don't get enough interactions. But like, it would be nice, like if I could go to the Davis Matic profile and I saw like all these like topics, like crypto, yeah. NFTs, so DFS. Like, I would yeah. I would unselect soccer because I do not care about your soccer stuff. And like sure. I would pick and choose 
And then I would keep like 80% of them. And then like the two random topics that you're into that I don't care about. And then you can blast off as much as you want. And your, your unfollow rate would probably remain and mute rate would stay incredibly low because people are only opting into the kind of conversations they want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes or no on Elon's promises here. Uh, making the algorithm, the algorithm open source. Does he do that? Yes or no? No, no? Pete. What do you open think? source? I, I think so, because that's been like one of the main things he's been campaigning around with this. Try to defeat the spam bot bots. Do you think he cares? Do you think he's gonna try that? Yes or no? Yeah, dude. Didn't you hear Michael Saylor? Everyone's gonna have to uh, deposit uh, ten satoshis, and uh, that'll solve. You know, Bitcoin. Bitcoin solves this, and that. Well, of course, Bitcoin's gonna solve all this, whether Elon's around or not. <laughs> And this was got, this this idea. Uh, I I actually I actually think that is reality. I think he will do that because it's not a very hard problem to solve, and and it should be solved. Okay, I'm, I'm I think so as well. Um, authenticating all humans. Now, leaving aside the biometric data he's planning on stealing and ruling the world with, let's say a good faith effort at authenticating humans. Yes or no? No. No, you think he's going to authenticate people? It's a lot. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, that's that's, that's what manual I was say. labor. Like some of the stuff with the spam, like these are messy, messy things. Like email hasn't even figured out how to handle spam. Like, yeah. I mean, that's been around forever. Well, that's because email hasn't fully integrated Bitcoin as a you know a layer one protocol. And if if you know if, if we could just email on Bitcoin, there'd be no spam. Okay, how about? like in a reasonable assumption of content from both sides. So, you know, whatever, I don't know, Davis, the Hill, Jimmy Dore, kind of farther left people. And then on your right side, up to, up to even Alex Jones, do you think he allows all these people back on say what he say what they want or no? Yes. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be, you know, Alex Jones, the lizard people, you know, threatening violence against political figures, all that, it'll all be good to go. Uh, yeah, I think he's, that's going to be the that's part like the, that's like the thing that fun with. Yeah. That makes like, that with. makes it move for him. Like knowing that people are triggered that he's getting Donald. <laughs> like, I, I feel like, like, he, like he, yeah, he's just a troll. Like it, 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 like he gets sexually excited knowing that people are mad at him about letting Donald Trump back on the platform. And do you consider that uh, a form of free speech or no? Uh, sure, I guess. I don't know. I mean, because I think the argument, the best, the the fairest argument is not free speech because these people use the platform to hurt people. Hey, man, it's like Twitter's like a private company. And if you break the terms of service, you have to get off. Like, you know, even the Kremlin, they follow the terms of service. They still have an account. Donald Trump broke the terms of service. It's a private company, man. It's real private now. Um, sorry, I got distracted because I took Lou's suggestion and I made a Deposit Kingdom uh, Twitter community so I can figure out how this shit works. Now the, uh, the Democrats, uh, if you haven't seen it already, they will immediately switch to the Republicans argument of uh, they need to uh, they need to get rid of Section 230. I don't right. even know what that is. 
that was the Republicans. They wanted to use that as a, uh, it's, it's, it's what like defines them as a publisher versus like anyone could say whatever they want or be held liable. So they were going to try to use it. So you couldn't ban, you know, whatever right wing people. Sure. But as soon as Elon got it, they shut, they, they totally shut the fuck up about that. Yes. Because at the end of the day, no one cares about being right or wrong. They only care about their side. That that's it. That's all that ever matters. It's it's but honestly, that is that is the GTO strategy to achieving well, political power. Yes. So it's like playing one card at the World Series of Poker for moral reasons. The end, the final tables can be full of everyone who plays two cards. Like even though know, if you believe, you believe morally one is the one, only way you should do it, well, good luck. The people with the power are going to be the ones playing the game properly. Okay, I agree with you. I tried to cheat DFS with you earlier too. No, we, <laughs> we figured out it. that it, it wouldn't work. Oh my goodness! All um, right, guys, all right. we gotta we gotta wrap this up because I gotta go skateboarding yeah. with my friends and feed my dogs. Yeah, the, some of uh, us have DFS to play. I well, hey, I did I I did my fifteen minutes of figuring out who's gonna be chalk uh, during the show, <laughs> and I'm just not and I'm just not playing those guys who project to be chalk. <laughs> Don't um, even need to see the lineups come in. They're already in. Buddy, it's Are 5 they? o'clock Central Time. Everyone's in. All right. Sweet. Um, Davis, anything else uh, coming up on your radar? Do you have any other plans for the draft? You're, you're more than welcome to swing by the uh, the ship chasing live hang tomorrow. Listen, hey, I'm doing, hopping on four for fours. I'm hopping on underdog. I might as well hop on with you guys, too. And I'll be doing... Uh, well, we're doing this whole cast on Friday. We're, we'll be doing yeah. the old. We're the only site doing a first round recap of how it impacts your fantasy teams in 2022. The only DFS show giving you first is, round reactions. Uh, this is, this wow. is how you promote the whole cast on Friday. Uh, Kitchen wants to try out a new streaming software for it. So if you want to come watch a trade wreck in real time, come watch. It's gonna it's gonna be a thing uh brian anything on your end uh no i got i did pj ownership uh there's gonna be eight roughly 800 percent of john Rahm based on my figures he's gonna be super high on uh i have uh some big updates on my app actually coming in hopefully pretty soon are these ones i make, know make about? basketball life easier there we go you can click you can click on mozilla now just from the mozilla's store too you don't need to do any of that install shit yeah. so it's on it's my coming side a new, a new time underdogs can be launching their big new contest on monday uh, i assume the action is going to be pretty good there right out of the gate it's going to be fun can't um, wait yeah so for me yeah tomorrow night we're no ship chasing tonight because we're bumping it to tomorrow night to do a live draft stream have a bunch of guests it's a, a collab with rotoviz so we're gonna have sean siegel on some other rotoviz guys anthony amico is gonna be on he's been crushing the prop bet stuff so it'll be a very fun show tomorrow night if you want to tune in for that and then yeah Swolecast recap on friday and then i have splash play with spags on friday as well i think that is it for me. This was fun. Davis, we'll have to do some more of these uh, Lowell's crossover up, take cast crossovers. Love, love Brick 75. Always have. Love Lowell's. Even when he's I being mean, disingenuous about Elon Musk. You know, wasn't, wasn't, uh, didn't I come on episode 100? I feel like, I feel like I've been on before. 
I feel like that too when he said that. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't I just, remember either. I just got a memory that I think I came on episode 100. I, in fact, I, I'm willing to say I did. Uh, let me, let me, let's, let's do a quick Lowell's episode 100 YouTube. Although if I was labeling things back then, you're probably not going to get much. Out of yeah. It. No, I, I'll, I'll, wait, we, can, we, can, we can look, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get, I'll get on ether scan later and, uh, and figure it out. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I was on episode hundred. This is how I, this is how I, the only way I can track stuff now is my thumbnail. Thumbnails. Folder. For sure. Yeah. That's where I can. So this would have, what, yeah, I have, I started doing thumbnails episode 143. So, uh, no, yeah. no record. Um, I mean, I literally just did like lulls one, you know, 114. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No wonder we didn't get anyone listening to the show. No. Um, it took chess is okay going bang bang on everyone to for us to find a bigger audience um all right guys this is fun uh two hour marathon lull stream on a wednesday afternoon you love to see it have a good week we'll see you guys next time how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.